Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Success Show channel. I'm your host, Joshua Kangley, with another episode of Table Talks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited because I have Dr. Chris Zeno on this show today. And the episode you're about to listen to is jam-packed and full of some awesome insight about Chris Zeno's life, his journey, his circumstances, and how he overcame a devastating, deadly disease. Not only overcoming it, but using his story now to help growing to millions of people through his story. Now, to learn more about Dr. Chris Zeno, please visit IamHero.com and learn more about his exciting new hero program. You'll learn more also as we talk about that in the episode as well. Also find him on Instagram at Dr. Zaino, that's D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. Also Twitter with the same handle and Facebook.com slash Dr. Zaino. Again, that's D-R-Z like zebra, A-I-N-O. With that said, guys, let's get the show started. This episode is brought to you by NetCube. NetCube can help you make 300, possibly 500, and even possibly $1,000 extra per month. For more information, please visit www.nqsocial.com slash rpro. That's nqsocial.com slash rpro. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Table Talks, and I'm your host, Joshua Kangley, with another awesome episode and another awesome guest. Guys, I'm so excited today because our guest today is an amazing person in the field of success, health, and fitness, and I'm just excited to talk to him about everything he has going on, and I know that you guys are going to be excited and learn so much today. Dr. Chris Zeno is on the show. He's a world-renowned speaker author, potentialist, and former Mr. Universe winner. He's faced and defeated a deadly disease in his late 20s that inspired his journey of health and wholeness. He built one of the largest health and wellness clinics in the world, serving thousands every week. Dr. Zeno inspires audiences to embrace the hero inside and believe you can change the world around you. His message is on track to reach over a million future heroes through his speaking, social media platforms, and life-changing conversations. I think it's time to hear from the man himself. Dr. Chris Zeno, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for everybody who's listening right now. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about today. We're going to have some great value for everybody. You know, you're absolutely right. I know I, I kind of laid it all out there a little bit, but in your own words, can you tell us uh, and, and just walk us through who you are, what you do, and kind of what led you up to to what you're doing today? But so right now, from where I'm standing right now, I could just tell you my reference point. So my reference point or my purpose now as I speak to you in this moment is I resurrect heroes from the complacency of their secret identity so they can live for all lives once again. And that's done through being able to express and experience true love now in the moment in every area of their lives. And my entire life led up to this point. Uh, so let's just go back to 1998. You know, I went Mr. America. So I looked a certain way, I felt a certain way, um, covered the magazines, had a degree in exercise physiology. I trained uh, 
some actors at Universal Studios Florida. For those of you 30 years old and older, you'll remember Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules. You know, they, uh, that was kind of the first time they had to get that like 300 gladiator physique. So I was the trainer for those actors and a lot of the Orlando magic at the time, uh, personally and professionally. And it was great. I mean, you know, in that moment, I'm like, hey, if I could just keep this going the rest of my life, it'd be awesome. And at 26, with my wife. And then this is, you know, in life, unknowns hit. You know, we're so scared of the unknowns. We're so scared of the uncertainty of our lives because really the entire school system, the way we, we were brought up was about certainty. First grade, second grade, third grade. So when it comes to these unknowns or, or things that you're not planning, you know, we, we, we stay away from them, you know? And so the big unknown, sometimes unknowns hit us that we don't want, such as about six months to a marriage, I start bleeding every time I went to the bathroom. And I don't understand this, right? Because I don't smoke, I don't drink, you know, I'm not eating fast food. Like, you know, why is this happening? And I got worse and worse, I'm bleeding. Just think, just think you're having bloody diarrhea with mucus 15, 16 times a day. I'm being stripped of everything. I'm not telling my wife, I'm, I'm hiding it. And my entire life is being boxed in from this, this experience I'm having. And the day my wife found out, I was at a TJ Maxx and my routine used to be I used to go to a place and the first thing I would look for is the bathrooms because you always had that urge to go and the bathrooms were locked in construction they said listen just go out you know there's a sports authority next door use that and I was just so panicked because you know I just didn't I didn't have that safety of having a bathroom you know in front of probably I'd say a good 40 or 50 people in a, in a crowded department store you know I lost my bowels right there in public because I couldn't hold it anymore and and it's such a crazy thing because talk about rock bottom, depressed, like your whole life of who you were. My whole entire identity was taken away from me. And, you know, you see people's faces and I guarantee none of those people ever saw that in their life. And it's just not like, it's not like you could hold it. I mean, we're talking blood, right? So you see blood and I mean, people were horrified. And I just ran out of that loading, uh, to the loading dock and called my wife. We went to the hospital that day and that was the day I was diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. I was put on all these drugs and medications, and within about three to four months, I went from 100, I had 230 pounds to, 100. I mean, I was stripped of everything, and none of the drugs were working. I was like, I was going to the best doctors in the world for this, and their only option, they told me, is like, listen, it's getting too bad, you're gonna die, we need to take out your colon to buy you time. And that's a pretty rough option, right? We're gonna remove your colon, you're gonna have a colostomy bag, it'll break and leak, you'll have multiple surgeries, uh, you'll be on, you still have all the medical debt work occurring. They, then they said I'd be sterile. The drugs made me sterile. They said I wouldn't be able to have children. And it's just really, it was just the worst thing in the world to hear. And and Josh and, and everybody listening, the rough part about the surgery, so what I had, I had a condition or an experience where it was autoimmune, meaning that your immune system was attacking itself. Mm. So my immune system was attacking my colon and the lining of my digestive tract. So they gave me organ rejection medications to actually shut down my immune system at the DNA level. Because God forbid you ever got an organ transplant, your body would immediately attack it and reject it. So they actually shut down my immune system. I was on not one, three of those drugs. And so going into a surgery, imagine getting cutting open your gut, removing your, your bowels when your immune system is, you're basically a bubble boy. Like your immune system is shot. So the... It was not a good chance I would make it through that at all. Or at least I'd be nice to you for months or years, you know, a year after that. Mm-hmm. And so that was my uh, that was my sense. And I'm I'm a coachable, disciplined person. And you tell me if you're my coach and you said I need you to do this, I'm like, all right, you know, I guess we do this. 
And again, the beautiful part about that in life is then, you know, in life, when you might be going through your toughest times, always in life, not sometimes, always, there'll be people, places, things, information that is like a messenger to help you. But I think a lot of times when we get so frustrated and we're such a victim, Josh, that we don't see those opportunities. Luckily enough, I had a mother, a prayer warrior, who sent out an email. And yeah, my mom lost my dad when I was 21. She lost two sons. I had a son, a brother who died from a heroin overdose, and a brother who died from a freak accident. So my mom, you know, she's, this is the fourth man in her life that she loves is leaving. And uh, my, out of those emails, my, my anatomy teacher from 10th grade is like, listen, I need to see you when you come home. I flew home to see my mom before the surgery. And that's when uh, everything started to take a turn. You talked about mindset and basically whether you're going to be a victim or a survivor and you know it's these moments like the moment you described your rock bottom that uh that disease that you had and whether it be that or any other challenge or rock bottom it may be for anybody it 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 seems to be these moments where it can have a life-altering impact on you whether you're going to go forward and use it to win and to succeed and and to survive or you're going to have that victim mentality that you that rings true to me in my message as well no absolutely josh and, and you know, I do tell my story, I'll always make a point to just kind of uh, do a side note to tell you, like, these are the life lessons that I want you to understand from the story so you never have to go through what I went through. Hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like I was through this experience, the experience I went through created contrast. And in the contrast, so, so many times when we're going through an experience we don't like or we, or we, we put the label, oh, I'm going through a failure. It's never a failure. But you're just focusing on one side of the contrast. See, when you... When you for instance, I was Mr. America. I looked a certain way. My entire identity of who I was, muscles, ripped, you know, just the, the Greek-like physique was, was literally stripped from me. So my entire, I lost my entire identity here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was known, everything I was known for was ripped apart. And plus, I felt guilt and shame because wasn't I the health figure? Wasn't I the person who uh, gave people advice on nutrition and exercise? So, I, I mean, I had guilt. Not only the, the issue I didn't want to go through, but I had this whole guilt and shame that why is this happening to me? You know, I, I like I said, I didn't drink. I, didn't, like, I would look at people who are living horrible lifestyles and they were doing a lot better than I was. And so then, you know, uh, my anatomy teacher, I went home to see my, mo- my mom and my anatomy teacher from uh, my sophomore year in high school. She's like, listen, I need you to go see my doctor. Now watch this, guys. He said, he's a corrective care chiropractor and he'll change your life. And when I heard that, Josh, I thought that was the stupidest, most ridiculous thing ever because my perception of anything chiropractic-wise was when I played sports. Someone take my ankles, stretch out my hamstrings, and I had this incurable disease. You know what? I had this organ failure disease. Like, this is how's a muscle modality ever? Like, I couldn't put it together. Mm-hmm. I have my degree. Like, there's, there's just, I went to the best. And now watch what he said. So it wasn't so much he said, go to this type of doctor, because I wouldn't. It's how he, it's what he said next. I said, listen, thanks, Dr. Baum. And I go, but I tried everything. See, so Josh, in that moment, my belief system was that I, I went to the best in the country, so therefore I tried everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we literally believe that we tried everything, automatic victim, automatic hopeless. Because you said, hey, I did it all. There's no other stone to be unturned. And this is what he told me. He goes, you didn't try everything, because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. Well, if you're listening right now and you're, and you're going through a rough time, I would tell you, you didn't try everything because if you tried everything, you would have had your result. 
And it was in that moment, it was, Josh, it was, it was like a, it woke me up a little bit. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. He's still like, you see, I was in the bottle. See, when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label that that's saying. So I was like, holy, wow, like he's, he's right. Because I thought there was nothing else. So, all right, you know, I got it. That, that just gave me a little bit more, a little crack in the, in, in, in the victim, in the victim shell. So I went to see this guy, uh, Dr. Roger. He taught me everything I knew, right? Your brain controls everything. Yes. The brain sends all the energy of life and intelligence through your spine and spinal cord to your organs. Yeah, we're wired. I get it. But I never knew that, like, if my spine was damaged, I could do anything about it. I thought it was just if it was damaged, it was damaged, and hold your breath, and maybe you don't need surgery. And then uh, they took pictures of my spine, and I saw a blind spot I, I never saw in my life out of all my testing. So my spine, all our spines should be straight up and down from front to back. And my lower spine had a big curvature in it, like like an upside down candy cane and all those nerve roots in your lower back go to your lower back muscles but they also go to your digestive organs and your reproductive organs and then like right below my skull there's a bone that protects your brain stem that controls everything we don't have to think about like the immune system hormone release focus control it's, it's the area Christopher Reeve damage and there was 50 percent pressure there from who knows why training car accidents like I, it was, again it was just like it was an area that i never looked at in my life so a lot of times when we think we've done it all or or we 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 try everything, we don't realize there could be blind spots that we don't even know about because Josh, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we start, we start our brain, right? Our mind is looking for closure to, or a cause as why. And sometimes we start to anchor to causes or reasons uh, that are lies. Like, oh, it's maybe my age or my genetics or my code. Because we need a reason. Like we're always looking for cause. There has to be a reason. So I saw a blind spot. It was my spine. And those nerve roots were being uh, crushed, and uh, not cr- crushed totally, but enough to where the energy from the brain or, or the information from the brain cannot get to those organs. So then over time, those organs just don't do their job, and they start to build a disease. That's, that's what disease is. It, the disease, is, there's no such thing as really a disease. It's, disease is absence of well-being. Just think of it that way. It's like, you know, darkness is absence of light. Think of it that way. So disease is like darkness. It's the absence of something. It's not something that occurred. So I was having this colitis or ulcerative colitis because I had an absence of well-being or health and function to those organs. Uh, so, and then here's another thing, like I'm scared, right? So what, ha- what happens when we're in fear or we're a victim? We're scared and we never, and we never make the right decisions during fear. And so, and then plus I'm skeptical, a ske- a skeptical because I've just been told uh, from the best in the world, once we do this drug or that drug or this procedure or that procedure, Josh just, false hope after false hope after false hope so i mean you're like and then and then i told him but i this is what i told him and again there's people in your life they all they have to say is one line now it could be a person telling you this it could be a song it could be a movie you watch but i said listen when am i going to get better that's all i want to know i just want to be well and he says this and watch how we put all the responsibility on me and this is what i appreciate about this doctor is a lot of times people feed into the victimhood and, and the problem is if I feed into you being a victim, we're just gonna create you being more of a victim. And this is what he told me, he's like, listen, as long as you have that problem in your spinal nervous system, your body's not in the environment to be able to heal itself. And he goes, and when you choose to correct your problem that you have that's affecting your life and your future, then your body then will be then into its normal state of well-being, and then your body will be able to heal itself on its own, like it was created to. And he goes, but the, and he, he puts it back on me. He's like, the day and the hour you're asking me to give you? He's like, that's not up to me. Because that's between you and your body. Hmm. And I love this. He goes, but I'll tell you right now, you'll get better if you don't quit on yourself, no matter how long it takes. I'm like, man. Like, that was the most honest, true, 
you know, no one's coming to save me type of answer. And I love that. That became my favorite quote, no one's coming to save me, because I had to become personal responsible. Like, when you're personally responsible, you can't be a victim at the same time. I love, like, I cannot be a hero and a victim at the same time. Like, I was like, I'm taking personal responsibility. And then my wife's in my ear going, listen, you'll never make it through the surgery. We always wanted a family. We'll never get out of this sick medical debt. That's, we were already at $250,000 in debt. And then we were about to spend six grand a month on, on drugs for the rest of my life. So, so we actually were future pacing the future with the surgery. And she's like, listen, I need you here as long as possible. She's like, so with how much, you know, and that's the thing when it comes to time and money, when you want something, even if the money's not in the bank account, we all find it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do I need to do? What credit card do I need to get? Like, I mean, like, you're right. You become resourceful. And I started getting my spine and that damage in my spine corrected. And uh, the tough part is like when you guys start to find the solution, and you start doing the right way. A lot of times you still see the manifestation, meaning that. I'm correcting my problem, but I'm seeing blood every single day. So isn't that crazy? Like you're having this faith that this thing will work and you're correcting this problem and it makes sense logically, but you're seeing what you don't want to see every day. You cannot miss blood in the toilet pool every single day, but slowly but surely three months, I'm off half the meds and five months, I'm off all the meds still bleeding a little bit, but I really have momentum now. I'm, I'm my weight stabilizing. I'm avoiding surgery, but the greatest part was seven months later, like seven months. So, so glad he told me don't quit on myself. Seven months later, is when the blood had stopped and my body healed itself from an incurable terminal disease that the best in the world said would never be done. And that was about 15 and a half years ago. That's amazing. And it's also, I find amazing that, like you said, I, I truly believe that sometimes there's just a line, whether it be in a book or you hear on the radio or, or maybe in a song or someone personally tells you that just kind of shifts your whole thinking. And it's clear that this doctor made that an impression on you. And clearly you have taken some of those insights throughout the rest of your life since then. Absolutely, Josh. And you have a really good point. And, that, and that's exactly what I meant before. Like, it doesn't have to be a person, guys. It, it could be something you read. It could be something. It could be a quote on a bumper sticker that you read a hundred million times, but you read it. And in that moment, it shifted something. Like, you. Have, this is why it's... It's that whole thing, and this is definitely not spooky stuff, but the universe is always talking to you, hmm. always. Like, like if you're receptive, like, the, uh, there's always those opportunities, and if there's, and I really think on the deep inside, your spiritualness, when you're going through a tough time, there's that part of you that is searching hmm. for the solution. And I think because you're, you're even subconsciously asking, like, all I know is when I lost my health, I knew I didn't want to be sick, so I knew what I didn't want. But also, if I knew what I didn't want, I also appreciated health. I appreciated going to the bathroom and having a normal bowel movement more than anybody else around me. So understand that when you're going through a tough time or you're a perceived failure or an experience, a bad relationship, whatever it might be, it's, it's not just defining what you don't want. If you're listening here, it's clearly defining what you really do want. And if we could just start to shift and say, okay, I don't like this in a relationship, so therefore I'm going to focus not on what I don't want, I'm going to focus on what I do want. So I'm not, I'm not going to be like, I don't want cancer, I don't want this and that. Like, I'm not going to focus on what I don't want, I'm going to be like, I want well-being, I want vitality, I want health, I want freedom, right? So, so, all, all, so there's always two sides of the coin, so instead of focusing on what you don't want, you start focusing and uh, putting your efforts into what you do want. And absolutely... Um, when you have enough of those coincidences and you realize it's like a cosmic alarm clock goes off, that's the way I, um, this guy Yannick Silver uh, explained it to me, mm-hmm. you know, it just wakes you up and going, it, it, it just, 
But you know what? If I heard it today, it might not, not have that effect on me. So I just, I'm just saying, like, so I think when you keep your eyes and ears open and when you allow that kind of, huh, that little perception shift, I think that's such a huge thing that you follow. And, uh, and here's the thing, Josh. Let's talk about where I am now. I want to divide, I want to, like, it literally changes your timeline of history and life. So let's say I went for the surgery. Well, I'll just tell you where I am now. So, I mean, so I got well, my body healed itself. The confidence and self-esteem in how amazing our bodies are created to heal and operate. I mean, just so grateful. Uh, you know, within that, uh, I went back to school to become a chiropractor. I never would have become a chiropractor at all. So see this unknown, this unknown in my life. So this, this unknown, this horrible experience in the micro. And the macro led to me doing something I never would have thought of in my life. So I went back to graduate school, got my degree in chiropractic. And then in 2005, we started, uh, my wife and I started our office in Houston, Texas. And we became the largest clinic in that profession's entire history. So for an example, we start 2,800 people per week. So 2,800 people per week, and the average office is 100. So we 20x any other office in history. And you're looking back, it's like, I, do you understand? Like that whole experience led me there, and really, I, I grew my practice by telling my story, just like I'm telling you now. So I make a joke. I'm like, I, I grew a multi, you know, a, an eight-figure, nine, you know, almost nine-figure, you know, in all the years I've been practicing by telling people I crap my pants four or five times a week, like you know, because I just tell my story because I realized that no one could beat our stories, mm-hmm. and I just talk about experience and what I went through and the journey, and. Uh, I talk about it so much that now when I talk about my story, and this is what I want everybody to get to a point on the line, no matter if you've been abused or molested when you were little, let's just go deep. Uh, uh, you know, your parent was taken away from you or, you, or you lost a parent, or a parent wasn't there for you. Like, the most horrific things you could think of that might, might have happened in your life. And it's so tough to be able to say, I'm going to let that go or forgive that. I get it. I get it. But the thing is, when you could express that, and help others with that and be able to tell your story. And the more I noticed, the more I told my story, and this is going to be huge, I realized that, you notice I never used the word disease yet, right? Because mm-hmm. I realized I didn't have ulcerative colitis, this digestive disease. I referred to, I had this health experience. Because I realized that experience became, that, that was so horrific, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. It was so scary and so horrific. I never wanted it. But I realized it became my best teacher. It, it was this absolute gift in my life. It led me, it was an unknown in my life that otherwise led me to such an amazing life I have today. Besides, I told you the business success, but let's talk about the real success. I could take care of my wife. That's huge. I have two beautiful boys. I never would, I, I never would have had. You know, I got to impact thousands of people's lives. We go all over the country. You know, really every amazing thing in my life was attributed to that turning point. But the scary part when I talk to you guys is let's go back to... 15 years ago, let's say I let being a victim, let's say I really, maybe I found significance in being a victim, Josh, you know those people, right? Like, it would happen if you get well, you lost your identity of being a victim. That's where all your attention came from. So let's say I went for the surgery. This is what happened. I either would have been dead, most likely. Um, how long would my wife put up with me? Someone who's grumpy, depressed, on drugs and medication, and just not happy with their life. Like, like how much verbal abuse would she be able to take? Not much, so I wouldn't be married. I would have never had my voice. I never would have known Justice and Titus. Um, who, I mean, the sick medical debt. I would just, I would have been a prisoner under medical bills for my entire life. Probably wouldn't be able to work, and I would be the guy 
or the person that if I was on Instagram or Facebook, um, I'd be this. I put. I would actually put my disease in the profile, which I it, it, I can't stand it when people do that because all you're doing is you're, you're claiming like the, you you actually wear the disease as your identity. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it scares me so much that if I would have made. See, the thing is, I made the decision. It all comes down to your choice. That I made the decision to take that route and I reap the rewards of that. So this is not like it was not a luck thing. I could have went the other way. So looking back, what an amazing blessing. What I mean, so do you understand the t- one of the toughest things in my life? I blessed it. I touch it with love because it's beautiful. It was an amazing teacher. It was uh, so if you could ever take something in your life that was horrific and for somehow make it a part of your mission and purpose and be able to help others and then once again go back to say, you know what, as horrific as that was at the time, it was my greatest teacher, and I touch it with love. I mean, I think I'm getting used to talking about. It. I think that that is when you really realize I fully healed it. I, I like it was never mine. It was never my disease. It was an experience that brought me to one of the greatest places in my life. I think you just nailed it completely. I just get goosebumps from you talking about that as well because, I mean, that's my whole outlook, you know. And stories are so important. And it's the whole story, the good and the bad. And, and sometimes, like you said, the, the horrific parts. And yes, yeah, sometimes some of us have experienced horrific, horrific things. And it means different things to different people. But it's through that owning it and accepting it. And it's how you help others. And I think it's also how you move on to be your true, full potential self. And I just think that's amazing how you, how you think about that. And it just gave me goosebumps as well yeah you know and it's okay if you you know because I, I think we've all been through rough experiences and mm. it's okay not to forgive in the beginning i get it i would just look to accept it hey uh, like hey it happened how about that well it happened this horrific thing that i never wanted it happened okay so at least let's get to that yeah it happened and then and then slowly over time if you can get to the point of love and forgiveness and I believe, and I believe every single person can, no matter how horrific it was. Uh, uh, someone I, you know, in my I am hero mastermind that we have, it's called Hero Rises. I had a gentleman, a CEO, who was manifesting, you know, bad health, um, very successful. Like he was, you know, crushing it financially. But the real, the real riches of his life were suffering. And his whole thing was uh, his dad, right? You know, his dad. No, abuse his mom, left him. He never, so he never had this dad figure. And this was the thing he was holding. It was always this thing. He just, he was a workaholic to support his family and all this other stuff. So we really got down to it. What, what, what for him is he thought this father that wasn't there for him was uh, the reason why he was all these bad things. And when we got through it, I'm like, listen. You know, your father wasn't there for you, and you know he's still bitterness with the guy. You know, and he died, so he couldn't like. You know, talk to his dad at this time, but I'm like, let's look at it this way. I go, you know, you've been married, right? You never cheated on your wife. He's like, no, no. I go, you've never abused your wife. He's like, no, no. I goes, do you love your wife? He's like, yeah, absolutely love her. She's like my soulmate. And I'm like, and you have two little girls. What do you think of those? They're like, they're my pride and joy. Like he, he's a guy who starts to tear up when he talks about his girls. Like when you love your kids so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you never have that. I go, so would you say that because your dad wasn't there, or or how your dad was when you were younger? You clarify, even at a young young person, you know what, I'm not gonna be like that. And would you say that motivated you to be the best husband and the best father? And you know, he's, he realized, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so can we 
admit that your father was really, he served you. He mm. served your life. He, he, was, he served a great lesson for you. And he was your greatest teacher when it came to having the greatest riches of your life. And when he realized, Josh, like, you know, it seems like when people realize, oh my God, like, even though that situation wasn't optimal, of course, but if it wasn't for having that experience of a, of a father who was whatever, selfish or whatever, abusive, he never would have been the amazing husband and amazing and just, and, and have the love he has for his kids because of what he experienced when he was younger. So understand that no matter, that's why there's no failure, guys. There's only experience in life. And through the experience, it offers contrast, like I said. And through the contrast, you have the choice. You could take on a secret identity. So the secret identity could be the victim. That means like you could blame the circumstances. You could blame, well, you don't understand. You know, I'm, uh, this is what I went through. You know, the whole, you could sit in that and sit in those ashes. Or you could, or you could embrace your hero and say, you know what? I never liked that experience. I didn't appreciate it, but now I, it gave me clarity in my life of what I really do want, and I'm going to go after that. And you know, that's why for every person who has a bad experience, we could always show you someone who had an equally bad or worse experience that overcame it. You know, we could always use an Oprah, right, or an Arnold. You know, mm-hmm. people like I always tell this is this is a great line that I use a lot. And I want people to understand this. As human beings, we have been born so free. We have been born so free that we choose bondage. Hmm. You don't realize you have the freedom of choice and someone said, yeah, but how about someone born in a communist country? I'm like, and I said, let's use Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, like everybody felt, they, they were so free, but they chose bondage. So they're like, great, I'll go, I gotta, you know, all the boys had to go in the military, they had to go that, but he was the one who says, you know, I'm gonna go across the border in a freight train and compete in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And then he got caught and they threw him in, in uh, like isolation for seven days. And you know what he said? In seven, he goes, in those seven days, I just thought to myself, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. I'm not gonna be like every other guy and live that life. I'm gonna go to America. Like he literally sat there and said, you know what? I'm choosing not to. And look, I mean, as, as you can see, you know, what he wound up doing in his life. So when we admire people, remember, they, they realize the freedom of their choice no matter what the circumstance was. You know, it's so powerful, so amazing. And we just touched on so much already, but we got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back with Dr. Chris Zeno. Hey, all you entrepreneurs out there, are you looking to make 300 to $500 extra per month or possibly even $1,000 extra per month? Well, if you are interested, I want to tell you about a company called NetCube. NetCube can help you make $300, $500, or possibly $1,000 extra per month. For more information, please visit nqsocial.com slash rpro. That's www nqsocial.com slash rpro. So check out NetCube today and visit nqsocial.com slash rpro. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. Of course, we're talking with Dr. Chris Zeno on the show. Uh, Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully, if you are getting value with this, please uh, make sure you uh, rate it really well. Leave a comment, rate rate it high. 
because the more ratings, then the more exposure we get here. And, you know, that's just showing your love. That's the best way to show your love. Absolutely. And thanks everyone out there for listening and tuning in today. Uh, you're, 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 if you're tuning in, you're listening to a very good conversation because we have Dr. Chris Zana who has uh, an amazing story and uh, just so much going on. And I want to get into all of it. So um, we were talking about you overcoming your health situation and uh, how you chose to perceive it in a different way and not become a victim, but to, to beat it, to overcome it, to own it and use it to help other people. And clearly you're a person with uh, just amazing energy and this passion that I can connect to and relate to with so much. And so what I wanna know is, can you tell us what drives you? What is, is it that drives you and inspires you to go out there and to do what you do to help other people? Well, the driving, I'm glad you asked this question, you asked a great question. I have thought that my drive was coming from the purpose of serving humanity and saving the world. Now follow me here, and that sounds very noble, I get it. But when my purpose was so unselfish, it created a codependency with others. So for me, for my purpose to feel fulfilled, it was I had to rely on helping other people or them accepting my help. So I really am even though I did amazing things in my practice, it really formed some type of dysfunctional codependence. And after a while I was finding myself depressed or a little burnt out and numb and somewhat getting disengaged because of a couple of things. You know, it was the way I was raised. Like I had secret identities as I call it, such as I was relate I was raised in a very dogmatic religious home where anything, anything near pride ego was considered bad, sinful, anti-God, bad person. So I had sworn or conditioned myself to swing the pendulum, not to humility, but I lived it. I walked in false humility. So Josh, if you said thank you to me, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Your body healed itself, which it did. But like, I never took and accepted any appreciation, any thanks, any gratitude for people who just want to say thank you. And the thing is, over time of not accepting gifts from people such as love and appreciation and admiration, all it did was lower my self-esteem, lower my self-value, and lowered my self-worth. And then my identity became in that of just being the doctor. So I knew, so even when I knew I, I had a message to be able to even go outside the health and wellness field, I felt that if I, if I left my comfortable lane of being a doctor, then I would lose my identity. So I lived, I lived in this fear again of losing this identity that I was just known for. And so one day, you know, I couldn't, hide, you know, I was doing, I, you know, I, I'm really good at hiding it, right? You know? So I'm putting on that fake smile and doing my job. And then one day, my, I was at, at home in my office and my son Justice in the other room goes to his mother. He goes, hey mom, he goes, what happened to daddy? And Josh, he said it in a way that I, I knew exactly how he said it. He said it, he basically said it like this. What happened to that man who is my dad? What happened to that champion? What happened to that, that uh, leader? Mm. You know, like almost like I lost my mojo. He knew something, something was empty. My wife didn't realize what he meant, but Justice had told me exactly what he meant afterwards. And I heard it, and I knew I couldn't hide this pain anymore. I couldn't hide this. Josh, I don't know. I was like, was, was I going through a life crisis? Was I losing my purpose? This is where the story comes full circle. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, well, you know, I question my purpose. I'm like, well, I mean, what is wrong? Because I couldn't, I wouldn't talk to you about it, Josh. I wouldn't talk to anybody because what am I going to say? Hey, I got a wonderful wife, two healthy, amazing kids, no debt, Lamborghini in the garage, huge pride. It's like, I mean, like, who am I going to talk to about why I feel numb, slightly depressed, and uh, disengaged without someone saying, stop being ungrateful? But I wasn't ungrateful. I was just, there was a, there was a, there was there was this beast in the cage. There was this unfinished business, and I I, don't, I couldn't put put words to it. And so I actually secluded myself. I said, Whitney, I can't be like this anymore. I don't know what's going on. And then uh, I go, just give me about three days. So I went into like, you know, I uh, turned on my sauna. I did a lot of sauna time, <laughs> and I was just I really would not let myself out until I really got down to why do I do what I do. So this is the driver. And so I would say, well, I want to help people. But my heart still felt callous with that. It did. It, it sounded good. See, what, what, if you're listening right now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not here to tell you the success one-on-one answers that sound great. So uh, I think I'll be honest. No, I want to help people. That's not it. I want to see people live better lives. No, my heart's not moving on that. I just got so frustrated that it just this, this is what just came out of me. You know what? I just want to be admired for achieving great things and doing something in the world that it's never seen before. That's why. And Josh, I felt, I literally felt like my heart, like like a hole, like something like it, it let out this pressure, and I just felt, ah, I just felt something come over me, like relief, because I was actually honest with myself mm-hmm. that you know, and I was like, I just want to, you know, I just want to be a buyer for contributing to the world and, and doing great things, like because I never accepted admiration, I never accepted gratitude, I never, I I always deflected it, and I always just, I hope I always delayed gratification in my life. And I never accepted. So I looked up, I was like, well, what are these words coming out of me? So I went on my phone and I typed in admiration, contribution, achievement. And I just was looking, you know, like, again, like the universe is telling me, what is this? And I saw the definition of hero pop up. Hmm. So the definition of hero is one who is admired or idolized for courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, and nobility. And I looked at that and I got so excited on the inside. My heart jumped. I was like, this is my, this, this is like my purpose. And I realized that's, oh my God, that's everybody's purpose. And I just, I was awoken. I was awakened to the fact that that really was the theme my entire life. So, you know, I was the kid who wore superhero pajamas. I worked out to look like a hero. Uh, winning Mr. America, Mr. Universe to have hero titles. Mm-hmm. You know, I beat a life-threatening terminal disease to later on become a doctor because I wanted to go save lives. So in that moment, I realized I had the achievements. You know, we can have achievements in life, okay? And I had the contribution. I served, but I realized the thing I was missing was I didn't have the courage. And here, here's my driver. I didn't have the courage, watch this, to allow myself to become who I was destined and created to be. So my driving force is not to be codependent with others, but to truly allow me, Chris Daniel, and I'm asking you to truly allow you, Josh, and everybody listening, to truly allow ourselves to be exactly who we were created to be with no secret identity. What's the secret identity? When we were raised, just think of all the values that were imposed upon us. We dress a certain way because of others. We went to a school because others thought we should have. You know, like, just think of the, the imposed values from teachers and preachers and society and dogmas and media that, you know, we could go 30 years living out other people's values, being codependent on, on the, uh, the acceptance of others or the loss of conditional love. And this is what happens. You know, you hit 30, 40, 50, you look in the mirror. And you make you make you, make, you don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. You never knew what you loved. You never knew what you liked. And 
that's what someone calls a crisis of life. It's not a midlife crisis. It's just the crisis of life is what I went through where it's like it's between who I thought I wanted to be and who I thought I should be versus allowing myself to become the person I truly was created to be. And that is my driving force, to be the authentic version of me. Because, Josh, when you're the authentic version of you, and anybody listening, when you're the true authentic version of you, not compared to anybody else, that is the greatest gift you could give anybody else in the world. It, it truly is. And, you know, it's just so amazing. I'm so glad to have you on the show because these messages you have are so true and it's important. And I, I just hope that people are listening and, and really taking this in because... You know, it's so powerful what you said, Chris, when you're true with yourselves, you know, because so many of us, like you said, we all have these conditions and these imposing values that we just live out. Uh, and, and like you said, you're in your 30s, 40s, and then you're, you find yourself doing the same thing with your kids. And so for me, it's amazing that you were able to be true with yourself, find your true self and be the hero and now a hero to your own two kids. And so it's just it's just truly amazing the gift that you're giving your kids and and to everybody else really. So uh again, I can, I can just say thank you to that because it's just an amazing powerful message that I hope uh people are really uh taking in today. So I want to kind of switch gears here and ask you something else real quick. Um it's so easy you know, for sometimes for people on the outside looking in to say, oh, you know, Chris Sano's got everything or uh, it, it was so easy or he has it all. But what they don't understand about success sometimes is all of that hard work. And especially when it comes to winning Mr. Universe, I mean, just the, the dedication uh, that has to take place, the determination, the the willpower. Can you walk us through some of that or... Can you take us back to when you first got started? I, I, you know, and I think I can relate to a lot of people here. I could understand. Um, let's go. Let's let's start here. Let, let me show you what I started with. I had parents that never graduated high school, and they were self-made. You know, my dad did the video business, and but uh, they they lived in scarcity, meaning like you know, if they went, uh, they would put money into their rich get rich quick schemes and lose it. So I saw my parents lose all their hard work. Uh, my, my wife's parents, they almost went bankrupt twice. How about that? So when you bring my wife and I together, we have a very scarcity, poverty mentality. And that was somewhat of a driver, Josh, right? Like, because I was driven by fear, scarcity, and anger. I, I actually call it the dark side. And the dark side is effective, but it'll cause cancer in your life. It'll destroy your life. But, I mean, it is a motivator. Mm. But it's, 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 it's you're not working from area of abundance so all i did was attract it so when we did start doing well and I, I really the best thing for me the greatest tip i could give anybody if you want to do something that you love let's say where let's say after you heard this you're like you know what he's right i'm living groundhog day i'm, I'm in a job i really don't like it's not really my my, my highest truth and whatever and, and this someday dot 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 you know that you would love to do someday well do it now right and so whatever that might be I, uh, what I did is school didn't teach me. I went to school for one thing. I went to school to get a piece of paper. That piece of paper allowed me to get a license then to be an entrepreneur. So you don't learn that in school. And so I would apprentice. So what I did is I went to the greatest offices in the country and in, in what I did or practiced the way like I did. And I apprenticed. I stayed on the floor. I worked for them for free. And I learned. And Bruce Lee has a great quote. Bruce Lee said, absorb what is useful, 
discard what is not, and then make it uniquely your own. So I learned, I, I would say I learned so much in two weeks of traveling the country, or three weeks, or one month, than I did in four years of school. Mm-hmm. And so that's why apprenticing, go, like words don't teach, but experience does. We keep on talking about experience. So the experience of going and, and, and modeling others is important. But modeling only only works to a point. So you model. So I would model. I did it like other people did it. And that got me started. But what I then noticed after modeling someone, because we're talking about secret identities, watch this. We could model someone or a system so much that it will still lead to an underdeveloped individuality. Meaning that I might talk like this person, walk like this person, do the systems like this person, but Krizena was still lost. Right, so so I think modeling is good, apprenticing is good, but once you get going, then it's all seeking your truth and how you want to uh, do whatever it is you want to be doing in your life. So we apprenticed a lot, and I think uh, I always looked at uh, mistakes and so-called metaphorical punches in the face. I always saw it as okay. What do I learn here? What do I learn? So if Josh and I, you know, we were if, if, uh, for me, a new patient came in, something went wrong, you know, they didn't like their experience. We huddled. All right, guys. This is just what happened. I agree real quick. This is what happened. So what happened, right? Um, what do we learn from this? And what system, process, or procedure must be tweaked or initiated in order to make this never happen again? And so I built my whole practice. like It was like tuning a violin. And you you have a thousand wacky experiences or, or, or punches in the face. You get really good at streamlining and becoming super efficient at, um, at making sure they don't happen again. So... I really, uh, I really enjoy it. But let, let me go back to the scarcity thing real quick because I really think I, I feel my heart. I need to talk about this with yeah. you guys. Scarcity is an issue of your heart. Because I remember the day I was worth over $10 million and I still felt the same fear, anger, and scarcity in my heart. So I realized one of the guys, one of the most horrific moments you could ever experience is thinking in your mind once i hit this conditionally right conditionally oh well because oh once i hit this or once i meet this type of person or once i make this amount of money then i'll be happy then then this fear will go away because i hit my goal but you know what's scary when you hit it and you realized it was never about hitting it it was an attitude of my heart so i realized that no amount of money will heal a certain attitude of the heart. So I realized that scarcity was a heart issue and uh, I sought out coaching. So I'm, I'm really big into thought leaders. This is what really get because remember I said before, when you're in the bottle, you cannot read the label. Mm-hmm. And I realized with my health that I had a blind spot that I never know, didn't know about. So a lot of times you might be stuck because you don't know what you don't know. So I really, um, like Napoleon Hill, he had the mastermind uh, concept. Well, I had thought leaders, that's my concept. So. I realized in the area of finances, I was very scared. And because of that, I realized that I was continuing to make the same mistake over and over again or feeling. So uh, there was a gentleman, Garrett Gunderson, who had a very great principle. He wasn't a financial advisor, but, just, but he talked about abundance. He talked about what is my sole purpose and then invest in my sole purpose. I love Josh. Don't you love that? Like mm-hmm. my sole purpose is this. So every dollar goes towards my sole purpose, not in something that I can't control. Like, why would I put it somewhere that I have no control over, which I was doing, where, like, I have control over my helping my patients. I have control over, you know, um, building my courses, right? So he just really helped me get this um, abundant mindset and also relationship capital, realizing that I thought 
uh, with money. If I gave you a dollar, Josh, where am I going to get my dollar back? Not realizing that, Josh, if I give you value from me, that we can build a, a relationship. And there's relationship capital. And relationship capital is precious. It's amazing. So I started realizing these concepts of thought leaders. And I got coaches in my life. Babe, let's look at it that way. I got coaches in my life. Now, they might be paid coaches that I paid for. Uh, they might be just people or, or in my life that would mentor me. But I really surrounded myself with coaches and mentors to um, thought lead me to see things differently. And so I, I made sure I had that in my life. And I literally, it shrinks time and mistakes. So just think, if you guys would talk to Josh and I every week, from Josh's experiences, from my experiences, we would help you save a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of pain from just experiences and years I went through. So for instance, if I want to start a podcast, like I don't, I don't know how to do it. So I could either go online and learn the hard way, or I could actually hire Josh, and he could tell me and save so much time and all the mistakes and experiences he made. He could, I could save all that. So you see, that that's the importance of having uh, people in your life, thought leaders, make sure they're they're qualified. Uh, and that was also another reason that took me from a kid who was wet behind the ears, not knowing, to then building and establishing. Uh, one of the largest uh, practices in, in my profession at that time. And move, and then in any area of my life, whether it be like bodybuilding, let's talk about bodybuilding. So I won Mr. America in 98, and I won Mr. Universe in uh, 2016. So I know how to diet. Everybody on this line knows how to diet. Everybody on this listening, you know how to work out. You know how to get on a machine and push it from A to B. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to do it consistently. So I, I took money out of my wallet because one thing I know is for me when I pay big, I play big. Meaning that when I put when I put a little un, uh, not comfortable investment into myself, all of a sudden that becomes a priority. If I pay for something that I'm like, yeah, Josh, if I lose the 200 bucks for this course, it's no big deal. I'm on I'm on I automatically started in a failure failure mentality. So. I hired uh, this, uh, this guy, I, I paid him 3,500 bucks for the year, and I have to send him pictures every week, no matter if I'm getting ready for a show, a photo shoot or not. And let me tell you, just the fact that I gotta send him a picture on Monday, you know how many slices of pizza and cookies I avoided? Mm -hmm. Times, watch this, times four years, the compound effect of just not making choices that otherwise would have sabotaged me. So, so, so having, coaches or mentors it keeps accountability and accountability is the glue that makes the commitment stick to reaching your goals i'm always interested in the mindsets of highly successful productive people like yourself and uh, so what i'm curious to know and i'm sure everyone else listening here is also curious to know can you tell us what your day consists of uh, your routine or any tips that maybe you could give us to be more productive absolutely i mean i'm uh pre-framing this I developed this routine over years and it started with one little thing and once I mastered that one little thing and it became kind of second nature, then I introduced another little thing. So so keep that in mind, right? So whatever I talk about, find the one thing that makes your heart jump and that's the one thing I want you to add. So I wake up in the morning about 4.30. Why? Because I'm going to wake up before everybody's awake. So it's me time. I have to, I have to fill the well for myself because if I'm not filled up, and I, I can't pour out and give to others. So that's why, you know, that concept, becoming selfishly unselfish. So I wake up, everybody's sleeping. I kind of do some uh, detox protocols in the morning, you know, just taking care of my body. I might do a little cardio or I might do some sauna, the infrared sauna. And then what I do is then I'll, uh, 
that's my time where I read. So I'll read my book. So whatever book that you resonated towards. And it's funny, like the books and stuff you read or podcasts you listen to, they change according to like your needs. So I'm re- I'm more into more spirituality type books right now. We're really learning how to listen to your intuition. I really love that right now. Um, and then, I, you know, that's what I read. I, so I've got power hour with that. Then I'll do some cardio. And when I do some cardio or work out in the morning, usually cardio, I... Uh, you know, I'll listen to a podcast. I want to make sure that I'm multitasking. So I'll watch some uh, videos or I'll listen to a podcast that I want to because now I'm learning when I'm exercising. And here's the tip. I want you guys to know this. In Chicago, the, the Chicago Neuroscience uh, Symposium, they found that motion, especially in the spine and the joints, is a is an essential nutrient to the brain. So when you actually do physical exercise in any way, shape, or form, and you're listening to a podcast or an audiobook, or when I did at school, studied for my boards, your brain will actually learn whatever that is, and it will sink in much deeper than if you were to just sit on a chair and read it. So this is why, you know, it's, it, when you're doing your exercise, I don't play music. I play, I play, you know, uh, I play amazing words and, and content that I want to soak into who I am. Also, then I'll meditate. So before I do the cardio, I'll meditate either 24 minutes to 45 minutes. And the whole reason I meditate is the purpose of clearing the mind, right? When we wake up in the morning, I want, I want to clear the mind of all the things I have to do because when I clear my mind, I'm, I'm allowing myself. I'm, I'm allowing, I'm in a state of non-resistance to be able to receive those things. See, a lot of times we wake up with all this stuff in our head and to do and, and everybody we have to serve, but it's like if I could clear my mind, I put myself in the environment to receive, to receive the ideas, to receive the intuition. So, and I think it, that has helped so much. And I used to be a guy, I thought that was a bunch of crap, but I just started doing it 15 minutes a day and to 24 and then, you know, 45 minutes. And it really, I mean, it really, it really is, is amazing uh, what it has done uh, in my life. So that's my morning. Then I'll have breakfast. You know, I'll have a breakfast and I usually have like six whole eggs and and then I start my day, and then, you know, I'll start my day, and then I'll work out in the afternoon after I see patients. And uh, then after that, you know, the, see, the day has started, so now I'm pouring out. But one thing I try to do is I try to do a 50-50 rule. It never quite turns out this way, but if I'm going to work six hours a day serving people or working, then I want to make sure I take six hours of that day to pour back into me. So that could be a couple things, guys. So it could be if you nap for an hour, that's for you. Or spending time with your kids and wife, that's for you. If it's spending time in the gym, that's for you. If it's reading a book for an hour, that's for you. So I try to, uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm outputting six hours, I try to you know take six hours to pour back into me or invest in me uh, to keep that balance. And then I try to go to bed around ten to thirty, and the whole thing starts over again, even on Sunday. So I keep that routine consistently because the routine the routine is not i'm not being religious or legalistic or routine i'm just saying is that routine fills my well up it's like i think clearly i receive better messages i'm a better version of myself and so why wouldn't i want to be that all the time so that's why you know there's no day off because i enjoy it it it, it, uh it, it really allows me to vibrate on the uh on the level i desire to on a daily basis Exactly, and it allows you to do all that you're doing and, and everything you're doing. Uh, so I, I also want to talk about what you have going with I Am Hero. Can you talk about what your mission is there and, and what you're doing there with I Am Hero? Right. So after I really said, you know what, I always wanted to be a hero. That was it. And I realized that is the message. So this is what I did, Josh. And I, I, I think this is great for everybody. It really is kind of part of the program. So my four-step methodology called, uh, you know, Hero Rising, which is part of the I Am Hero Project, 
Um, the first one is embracing the hero mindset. And really what that means, that's just not personal development. It's kind of like we've talked about today. It's it's clearing. It's, it's uh, remembering. I'm like, personal development tends to be like, you need this or you need that. Like, so we're going to all these seminars and, and like, we feel like we got to learn all this stuff to become better. But like you said, you know, I could be a hero to my kids before. Josh, my kids were a hero to me. Because mm. when I looked at my son Titus, and he wears superhero costumes all the time, and I allow him to, like, I get letters from schools saying he cannot wear them, but I'm like, screw that. Because, I mean, like, why not, right? I mean, mm. like, I, I want to keep him imaginative and creative. And I look at him, and I would see grown adults, when I saw him in his Iron Man costume or whatever, I see grown big adults, just their eyes would light up, and they go, and they actually turn into a child right in front of my son. And remember, oh, Josh, that was another moment where it's like this thing happened that it's like an epiphany. Like, man, I go, this big dude just turned into a, a five-year-old when he saw my son. It remind, so I'm like, did it remind him of something? So I went into this whole, this is why this morning routine is so important because that morning routine with yourself is when you retrospect, you get to think all these good ideas. And I was like, wait a second, my kids, they're playful, they have imagination, they're super creative. They're loving. They are forgiving. They are. Um, they live in vertical time. Like we live in linear time. Like they, they don't care about yesterday. They call about now. Hey, let's go now. Now. Uh, so they're they're living in the present moment. They um. They are closers. My kids have closed me one hundred percent of the time. They are amazing closers. They're relentless. They are extremely focused in what they love and care about doing. They question limitations. And the number one question they ask parents or everybody all the time is, why? Why? Hey, remember I always said, Josh, you're just saying that we live our lives from other people's imposed values. Well, kids are like, why? It's time to go to bed at eight. Why? You know why, Josh? You were right. Because my mom told me it was time. And her mom told her it was time. So our kids remind us. They, they question limitations. And I realized, oh, my God. I go, these kids have amazing characteristics. And they never went to an Anthony Robbins seminar. They never spent $10,000 on a mastermind to learn this stuff. They never read a book. And then they hit me like a ton of bricks. Holy cow. We were all, all humans, everybody listening here, we were all innately born with those traits. Hmm. So I realized, oh my God, I am searching the world to get these traits. I'm searching the world to get these skills to become a better person. And I realized that was the problem. The entire time, it wasn't about searching. It was about remembering who we were. Wow. And something happened. Well, kids, well, when they start school, maybe five, six, seven years old, they're told, don't raise your hand because they, 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 you can't express yourself. You're afraid of me. So it starts to take this hero that was there the whole entire time and puts and creates this conforming secret identity, puts them in a box, and they start comparing the teachers to you know, and teachers mean well. I'm not saying, but like, this is, you can see how it happens where when you look at a kid, you're going to be like, holy smoke. That was me. Mm -hmm. And now I need to remember that I can be optimistic. I can be playful. I can have a great imagination. And the reason why a lot, there's a lot of depression, you know, depression, 350 million people are diagnosed with depressed. It's the leading cause of disability. But what people don't realize is depression, the opposite of depression is expression. The reason why someone's depressed is there's something they are not expressing. And it's, it's about searching. What am I not expressing in my life? So when you see a child, that's why I was like, it is all about remembering. It was about remembering who we were. And that's the hero. That my whole thing is the hero is, the hero is what our, our true authentic version of who we were was and is. And I think when you realize 
Anytime I feel down and heavy and exhausted and depressed and numb, it's because it's my heroic guidance system saying, Chris or Josh, whoever's listening, you are in resistance to who you really are. You're not in your lane. This is this is not your truth. And it's around it's about finding and listening to that system of that heroic guidance system and then journeying, like I said, and just allowing myself to say like on a daily basis, how can I like right now on this interview with you guys? I'm sweating. This is how you know you're there. I'm sweating right now, okay? I feel like Josh thanks me for coming on, but you got to understand, like, Josh, you gave me, you gave me a moment of my day where I literally feel that I came out of the water and took a deep breath. Like, that's the only way I can describe the gratefulness. Like, when I feel like I'm my ultimate version now. I, I feel like I'm expressing love and appreciation to everybody, but in the expressing of it, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving it, whether you receive what I say or not. It's mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't I want to be in that zone as long as possible? So when you have those moments or feelings, this is what I love doing. This is my flow. This is my zone. Then what we do is after you embrace the hero mindset, then you find what is, you know, how do I maximize the things that I love doing? And then the third pillar is how's the, what's the vehicle I'm going to choose? So Josh chose podcasting or voice. My vehicle is video and speaking. Yours might, you might journey, you might be an amazing writer. So how do we get our message out to the world? And then finally, here's the key where personal development stops. Okay, great. I know what I love to do, but now how can we monetize what we love to do, Hmm. create value and exchange to keep our legacy going? So the whole I am hero is about embracing the hero mindset, maximizing our superpowers, choosing the vehicle, especially with social media today, there's all these vehicles. Like you might be listening to me say, wow, he's a great speaker. Then you know why? Because that's my vehicle. You might be an amazing writer or amazing audio, right? And then how do we take this and we monetize it so we can actually do what we love to do and make a living versus doing something to make a living that we never really want to do in the first place. Now, where can we all go, those of us interested in this program, where can we all go to learn more about uh, this I Am Hero program? Right, so I know this will probably be up soon because we're going – um, right now, if you go to IamHero.com, IamHero.com, I actually created four master classes, and they're about a month. Uh, they're month long, great stuff. Because again, my my vehicle's uh, video and speaking. So if you go in there right now, they're at no charge. The one I would go to first is kind of what we're talking about today, is the Hero Secret Sauce. Now, the Hero Secret Sauce is like Josh was saying, you know, winning Mr. America, Mr. Universe, mm-hmm. building this large practice, having a great family, like. I was able to distill. There's, there's character. There's, there's a, distil, a distillation of characteristic traits that you could apply in your life to apply to your life to be able to get those same results. So that's called Hero's Secret Sauce. And there's, there's three other ones. You have time expansion. You're like, well, how's he have time to do all this? I learned how to expand time. So I don't, I don't teach you time management. We, we actually think in seconds we expand time, and you could do it as well to find. Uh, the opportunity to achieve whatever you want. Then we talk about one month to win. Remember I said sometimes you get in that victim mentality and you see things like you're lo- you feel like you're losing. But I, I show you 20 winning hacks that your character, when you can start seeing that you're winning every day, like right now we're, t- we're talking, you're listening to this, you, you already won, all right? So when you realize, like, I am winning, like I am progressing, uh, you get that characteristic of a winner. And then uh, we have I am value which is uh, gaining value in yourself so you can gain uh, and, and communicate value in your product, services, and ideas to others. And I think we'll be adding soon diet hacks. Everybody wants to know my little diet hacks I do uh, to kind of keep in shape and uh, make eating easy. So that'll be on there soon. So if you, whatever, if you go to IamHero.com, 
Uh, pick one, pick all of them. As soon it will actually be charged, but the, the Hero Secret Sauce will always be at no cost. And then later on, probably probably September, October, uh, you'll be able to get a full. Uh, you, you'll learn more about the details of the the complete I Am Hero project. That's a digital course. That'll be a five module, forty video digital course. It'll be epic, and uh, you'll know about that later in the year. And then also, if you want to keep the conversation going every single day, if you go to Instagram or Facebook under Dr. Zaino, so it's D-R-Z-A-I-N-O, uh, I post content for you guys every single day, and I personally answer every comment and every message in DM. That's just one of my values I do. So we can keep this conversation going for years if you want. It's hard not to get motivated and pumped up and inspired by you. You have a wonderful Instagram profile that I go to and check up on all the time. And I'm so glad that I finally got the opportunity to talk with you too as well. So you mentioned some videos too. Now, are you on YouTube? Because I'm sure all want to check you out and yeah. Uh, learn more. Yeah, on YouTube. Um, with YouTube, it's kind of really cool on YouTube because I have different content on different channels. YouTube, you have my Hero Fuel, which I do uh, I, a couple times a week, and then that's my version of a podcast. I just do the lives and they rip it. Uh, but also on YouTube, you're going to see the We Are Heroes show, uh, season one and season two. Remember, I said I need accountability, right? So when I had this desire to take this I Am Hero project, people thought I was crazy. I'm leaving a success, you know, I have a successful practice. Why would I mess a good thing up? So I realized that to avoid me procrastinating or not getting it done, I hired an entire, I hired a videographer, three of them, to follow me everywhere I go to make sure I get this message out. And because I had all the viewers watching, I had to act, right? You know, see, everybody who were watching, the thousands of viewers kept me accountable to make it happen because I, I see I know myself once you know yourself knowing that hey listen I'll procrastinate like anybody else I want to sit on the couch I want to I, you know when those those that secret identity tries to sit on my shoulder and say you're not good enough no one's going to care about this you know you're nuts like I face that voice every single day but knowing that there's other people out there and I'm actually you know I put myself in a position to move forward so you're going to see two seasons of the entire development I'm, I'm, you're going to see live in real time the day I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And then you'll see the entire progress of where I'm speaking on stages all around the world. Uh, it just, and, and remember, I, I didn't do it for the audience. I did it to keep myself accountable. So, and you get to see it live. So it gives you permission to give yourself uh, the opportunity to go and do what you love to do. Very cool. So check it out, guys. Uh, YouTube, Dr. Zeno, uh, Instagram as well. Iamhero.com to learn more about the Hero Program and just get motivated guys just, you don't understand the amount of knowledge and wisdom right now or maybe you do hopefully you do but if you are out there interested right now know there's something more for you just needed to get started and some more motivation and to develop this mindset that we've been talking about uh, please do your due diligence and get a hold of dr zeno uh, reach out and uh and check him out i kind of want to ask because um, this is kind of a personal question that I want to ask you because, you know, obviously it takes so much discipline and dedication and determination. It's kind of what I think about when I think about you because especially, you know, winning Mr. Universe and Mr. America, those are such intense, uh, rigorous things that you have to do on a daily basis. So that daily mindset has to be there. Um, and it can be, I assume it can be very overwhelming and plus with all your other ambitions and goals. What my question is, is how, how, having a family, how do you manage that and the family as well? Because I'm a lot like you in the sense where I can get, 
you know, addicted to my work and, and into my work too much. And I have two young girls and a wife. And, and so how do you balance that? What are, what are, what's the best advice you can give to someone to balance that? Or is there a balance? Oh, no, a hundred percent. Two, two main things. Sit down with your wife and kids and say, this is, you know, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do. And they set, they set the boundaries. Mm. So my wife is like, there's no working out at night. That is family time. I don't want the kitchen to be a mess. I'm not going to be cooking your meals. You know, like my wife set her boundaries. And so I give them what they want. So I'm like, great. I'm going to do everything in the morning. I'm going to cook everything in the morning. Before you guys get up, all that extra stuff or cardio or meal prep I had to do will be taken care of. And you'll have me every single night. Because I, you know, I made sure I didn't have to train that night. And, uh, so my wife definitely didn't want me to do it, but it was, see, this thing was for me. You know, when I did the Mr. Universe, like, listen, I, I have unfinished business here. You know, I got, I had that health experience during my competing days, so I never really had closure. I go, Whitney, you know, I only could do it for so long. Let me see at 36, 37, if I still got it. If I don't, I don't. And, uh, you know, I got back into it. I won a couple shows and I got second in the nationals. And I'm like, I was right there knocking on the door. I'm like, give me 10 more months. And she was okay because she saw, like, I had to prove to her I was out of my word. And so she was totally okay with it because she knew that I was able to, I, I, I respected her boundaries and uh, the kids' boundaries. And then, uh, you know, 10 months later, I went to New York and uh, to the universe and got my pro card there. So it was really, it was a lot of fun, and I'm so grateful that she allowed me to do it because it really was, I'm so glad I did it. So a lot of times when you guys thinking, you know, I did something totally irrational. Just think about that. My wife is like, it is so stupid that you're doing this. Like, I, what do you have to prove? And it was like, I'm doing this for me, and I'm so glad I did it. She's glad I did it. Like, Because sometimes in life when we have an opportunity, there are certain things in life that the the opportunity door will close. I mean, we know. I mean, there's, there's certain times. So, um Looking back, I was so excited I did it. So it was uh, setting the boundaries. And number two, what kept me going is I visualize a lot. A lot of times we uh, we might watch a motivational speaker to get motivated. Or maybe like right now you're listening to this and you got inspired or motivated. But if someone else is doing it, it's only going to last so long. So I literally would envision myself where I wanted to be. Winning. Well, in the beginning I wasn't winning. I was the top ten. And as I got closer, I was telling myself as top five and top four. That vision got so clear. I mean, vision where I mean, like, my vision had all my senses in it. I could smell the fake tanner. I could, I mean, I, I could see, I could feel the stage lights. I could, you know, I felt how the uh, barefoot walking on that stage with the wood, the plywood gives a little bit. Like, I had such a vision that was so crystal clear. And here's the key. I was inspired by myself. Meaning that you create a vision of your future self and it's you and I allow my future self to pull me forward. So Tony Robbins wasn't inspiring me, or, or any, I used Tony, but you know, because people know that for inspiration, but I actually allowed the future version of what could be inspire me. So I inspired me moving forward, and it was so helpful. Because if I'm inspiring me, I'm not gonna eat the cookie. If I'm gonna go the full cardio, I'm gonna, you know, when I'm tired, I'm looking at, me, like it's the future me saying, Chris, you know, I got just like, like, you know what I mean? So I'm, 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 I'm not, I, I'm keeping an agreement with myself, so to speak in the future. It's such a powerful thing. I don't know how to really explain it other than that. No one taught me that, but I realized that I never looked to anybody else. I allowed my future version of what I could be inspired me and pull me forward. Absolutely. And I think that's just great advice too, because, you know, you can look to these other people like Tony Robbins. No, and we still do. And I mean, you know, I saw one, a great one, you know, a video from the other day and it just, 
Oh, it's I mean, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm inspired by, Tony Robbins? I'm inspired by a man mm-hmm. who's living his true, authentic self. So I realized, like, I thought it was the way he talked, the way he jumped up to death. No, no. I realized what I was attracted to was someone who was comfortable in their own skin. Yes. I was like, wow, that's why. It wasn't his action. It was someone who was living him. And I was like, now I need to live me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Like you said, become your own inspiration and ultimately your own hero. And such great, great message from you, Dr. Zeno. I just appreciate it so much. I could talk to you, I swear, all day long about all this stuff. We'll do it again. We'll do this again in a a couple months and we'll we'll get on and we'll we'll jab some more. That's fair enough. Uh, But I do want to wrap it up, though, with with three things, okay? And uh, what are, we kind of talked about productivity, and so you kind of already laid this out a little bit for us already, but what are three things that you could tell us now uh, in order to maximize our daily production and help us reach our goals? Become a potentialist. Like, you know, that was in my bio, what a potentialist is. See, I used to say I was a perfectionist, and that was my problem. I hid behind that to not to procrastinate and not get anything done. I used to say I'm a perfectionist, self-righteously saying I'm a perfectionist, and really I was just being a coward. So I t- I term the phrase be a potentialist. Now a potentialist is this: every day you have one job to do the best you can with what you got in the moment you have it. That's it. Just that's it. So if today, if I if sixty percent is the best I could give today, and I give my sixty percent, I did a hundred percent. So be a potentialist. Dr. Zeno, thank you so much again. Um, I appreciate you being on my show today and sharing your gift with us because I truly believe that it is a gift uh, and you're sharing it with us today. So thank you for the bottom of my heart for sharing that with us and helping us today learn something new. Thank you guys so much. Hey everybody, that was Dr. Chris Zeno on the show. What a fantastic show. So many awesome, important messages jam-packed in this episode and I hope you enjoyed it guys and I hope that uh, Chris and I were able to spread each other's messages a bit further and just help that much more people and because that is my mission and Chris also shares that same mission which is to help as many people as we possibly can with our stories and our goals and our missions you know time and time again throughout our lives there are these moments Particularly, that may be when your spirit is looking for more answers or it needs to be on a better path. And uh, like we were talking about, if you're in tune or if you are actively searching for the answers, a lot of times they're right in front of us. And they can come by a simple message, a simple conversation, a simple line in a song or in a book, guys. And if you take those messages to heart, you can dramatically change your life, guys. So that's what I hope for you. That's what Dr. Zeno hopes for you, is that you take these messages and run with it and do your due diligence on your part to make those choices. So if you are serious about success in all areas of your life, Dr. Chris Zeno, I love his message and I love his outlook because to me, it feels like a very holistic uh, point of view. And that is also the point of view that I approach success with as well. So to be happy in relationships, to be happy in your health, as far as mental, physical, spiritually, it takes a holistic approach. And Dr. Zeno is one who 
practices that approach and he understands and gets that. So guys, I encourage you today to please do yourself a favor and check this guy out, Dr. Chris Zeno. You can find him at his website, uh, drzeno.com. And again, that's D-R-Z-A-I-N-O.com. You can also go to imhero.com, his new and exciting hero program. Again, that's imhero.com. Guys, his Instagram is full of motivation and full of awesome positive messages as well. So please go to Instagram, show him some love there with some follows and some likes as well. Uh, his handle on Instagram is Dr. Zaino. And again, that's D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. Also on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, uh, follow him at Dr. Zaino, D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. Also on Facebook, guys. If you're on the Facebook, go to facebook.com slash Dr. Zaino. Again, it's all one word, D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. Do yourself a huge favor, guys. Let's keep this conversation going and uh, do your due diligence and really check this guy out and what he has to offer. Very inspiring person, uh, someone who inspires me and someone who I look to for those positive motivational messages. A fantastic guest today, guys. And I just want to say thank you for listening and tuning in today. I also want to say thank you to Dr. Zeno for taking his time to be with me on the show today and share his gift with all of us. I think it's a very beautiful blessing when someone takes their time to come on the show and share their gift with all of us today. And of course, it is my mission at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, that you took something away from it and uh, it made your life or your outlook on life just a bit better. Guys, my mission is to help as many people as I possibly can. So thank you for tuning in. And like Dr. Zeno said in the show, show some love by liking, subscribing, and giving it an excellent review because the more that happens, the more audience I'm able to obtain and the more people I get to help. Remember, if you want to listen to all my episodes, I'm on iTunes, Table Talks with Joshua Kangley. Also on SoundCloud as well. And my website, which you can listen to all my episodes there as well. And find out more information about me and my books. And that's www.hellomynameisjosh.com. That's www.hellomynameisjosh.com. Guys, one last time, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to be here with me today to be with me on this journey as I talk to more and more awesome people to keep this conversation going and to help as many people as I possibly can. As always, guys, be good out there. Be loved. Be kind. Give someone a compliment today. And until next time, I'll talk to you later.